creating the space to hear from those that work with children, young people and families from within our Baptist family and other experts. Joining the dots with Emma Moore and Claire Hooper. Hi, so we're here for another um, episode of Joining the Dots where we'll be focusing on intergenerational ministry and what that might mean. And um, today's episode, we spoke with, uh, well, I spoke with Kate um, and she um, brought such wonderful experience from her kind of background as a practitioner doing the stuff. Also, um, inspiring others to get involved and to be doing it but she talked also about the importance of her own early years and her experience of growing up in the church and what it meant for that sort of the church to be family and Emma I know that you kind of grew up in the church um, as well I, I didn't so I, I kind of missed out on that bit of it but uh, tell me what was what was it like for you was there that real sense of actually intergenerational was the norm? Absolutely. Um, I was really fortunate uh, growing up in the church that I grew up in because the uh, the minister at the time and the church treasurer and my dad was the church secretary all had children of the same age. Uh, and so we grew up uh, just living together, doing life together and uh, yeah, being in each other's houses. So it wasn't just church, but it was everything. And as children, we were just embraced by the whole congregation. So I think uh, Kate touches on this in, in stuff that she says, you know, we were just starting to go away from the Mr. and Mrs. titles. <laughs> and most people, you know, you did still did respect and you still called most people Mr. and Mrs. But it was shifting to auntie and uncle. So there were some amazing people in my church. So uh, a lovely lady called Ada, she was an extra grandma. Uh, Phil, Phil was an extra uncle. And, and it really did feel like that for me all the way through that I had these extra grandparents and extra aunties and uncles. And to this day, I still call two people auntie and uncle, even though they were the treasurer and his wife in the church when I grew up. But they are still auntie and uncle and they are auntie and uncle to my children as well. Uh, so that continues and extends. Oh, it was fab. I absolutely love that. And we know that church is meant to be family. And, and and so, and I think actually the smaller churches have so much to teach us about this because it becomes um, much more naturally to them, I think, because of the, the way that it's more relating and relational and everybody has to chip in and there's not so much structure or program in, in the same way that some of the larger churches have. So lots to be learned about intergenerational ministry from our smaller um, congregations and smaller churches, which is was absolutely great great isn't it so um, I hope you um, the listeners will enjoy hearing Kate's experiences it's great to have Kate with us today and so uh, Kate can you tell us a little bit about yourself because people might not be aware of who you are and and the work that you're doing and the work that you have done so over to you and just say a little bit more Hi, I'm Kate. I'm from the North Cotswolds and I'm part of Chipping Camden Baptist Church. Uh, up to a couple of years ago, I was their children's uh, worker and uh, I did that for about seven and a half years. Uh, as, just during lockdown, I've um, started a new job with Parenting for Faith and I'm one of their networkers for officially the Midlands area, but the Midlands is quite a broad place. Um, particularly during lockdown when we've all discovered Zoom and uh, we're making contact with church leaders and 
children youth workers and trying to support them particularly it's a tricky time oh brilliant and now Kate and I we, we kind of go back a few years now it's probably about four years when I started the role and I've always been really um amazed at the range of work that you've done and and you I know that intergenerational and family ministry has been a real kind of passion of yours and a heart of um, everything really and a real underpinning of the work that you do so I'm really interested to hear your thoughts and perspectives on this kind of area of um, ministry which is kind of really growing and people are kind of beginning to get their heads and their hearts around it aren't there so can you tell us because um and like I say you've had a real interest in family ministry as well and um, faith in the home and things like that and parenting for faith what um how do you see the sort of parenting for faith, faith in the home, all of that kind of thing, how that relates to intergenerational ministry? Okay, well, I, I think my love of intergenerational, intergenerational, such a long word, intergenerational <laughs> ministry um, came really from growing up in a very small church uh, in North Devon. And it was um, just a matter of 25, 30 people every Sunday. And um, so I experienced it in the home. And so we kind of had uh, lots of friends who were all different ages and um, they were part of really our extended family. The great thing about being part of the intergenerational um, fellowship is just having the support and the uh, people all around you of all ages cheering you on um, both uh, spiritually but also emotionally and um, just making sure you're okay someone always to talk to and so something I experienced as a child and I something that I uh, very intentionally um, made sure that my own children were part of a community not just of people their own age but actually of all ages because the benefit of having um, all ages in in our children's lives I think keep thinking of sticky faith um, Scripture Union did a, a big campaign a few years back and, and uh, the fact that actually our children and all of us, we all need somebody in our life um, to talk to. And we, we can journey with those that are further on in our faith or even those that have discovered faith later on in life. Because I think that's always a real challenge and really exciting to actually journey with those that are new to faith that are older than us. And we can uh, mentor them and uh, just walk with them and, and we learn from them and they learn from us. It's like peer mentoring. Um, situation so yeah intergenerational, intergenerational happens so naturally in small churches but being part of a larger church for the last 11 years um, it was something that I was very aware that we had to actually um, intentionally make opportunities for um, different um, generations to actually have fun together to uh, hear stories of faith from each other and to give testimony to um, God in, in, in all of our lives, the younger people's lives, teenagers' lives, uh, middle-aged lives and older lives, because we can learn so much from each other and actually realise we're not the only one thinking what we're thinking or feeling what we're feeling, but actually we can cheer each other on and encourage each other. So, yeah, that's where it kind of comes from um, and leading the children's work in um, Camden for the seven and a half years I realised the huge huge potential of a big gang of people within our church that was actually really um, quietly being untapped so for an example of that it would be when we started with TLG um, which is transforming lives for good it's all about mentoring in schools an hour a week 
um, for a whole year and I could see uh, a big mass of um, retired teachers within our church and they weren't overly keen on getting involved on a Sunday morning which was fair enough and uh, but you could still see when you talk to them their passion and their um, enthusiasm to get alongside children and um, this was just a cracking way of um, seeing them flourish and blossom as people in their older years. Um, I think of Joan who was a great friend um, who came alongside me and said she'd give a year of her life. Joan was in her 70s and enjoying lots of lovely holidays so I knew that was a big thing for Joan to give up a year of her life um, to administrate TLG for me because I was really busy and thought oh my goodness how on earth are we going to put that in but we just knew it was something that that God was leading us into so Joan was with me at my side every step of the way writing letters to head teachers and um, sorting out DBSs and all the admin stuff that goes alongside these ministries and um, she said she'd give me a year of her life and uh, four years later she was still at my side and um I just want to honour Joan. Joan passed away six weeks ago, so it's still quite a, a sudden, sudden death. But she was there and she, yeah, the last time I saw Joan, she was in my back garden over the summer, um, handing me lovely Hannah Dunnett cards, which was thanking all the coaches um, just to being um, just consistent over the whole of the COVID lockdown. And she had all these lovely cards written out and all I had to do is sign my name at the bottom. And that was Joan to a T. And uh, yeah, I'm so thankful for the Jones and the many other people who over the last eight years have just journeyed with me through different ministries at church. I've got lots of examples, but uh, I'm sure we'll get onto them in a bit. Yeah, sure. And I, I love the fact that actually you've been able to name Joan and actually it's, it's, it's a way of yeah, acknowledging all that she's, she's done for, for God and his kingdom um, in that way. And uh, I, I think it's really great that you've kind of talked about um, TLG or ministries outside of a Sunday morning because I think so often churches they think of intergenerational ministry and they can just sort of reduce it to an all-age service which as we know is 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 not intergenerational ministry it's it's kind of down one end of the spectrum of it and you've kind of opened up ways of seeing it much broader than that so how did your church go on that journey easily um or or, or was it uh, actually there's some tricky times in helping people capture that vision it's all about with intergenerational ministry with all all people it's finding their gifts and what they are good at and and actually it voicing that they are needed i think um as a community of believers we're very good at um kind of putting people in slots and gaps that we need to be filled and um, particularly if we've inherited a ministry I know when I took over uh, my role I could quite clearly see that there were people um, helping in children's ministry in completely the wrong age group and um, people that were working in nurseries during the week but in the they were kind of with the 13 year olds on a Sunday and so for me it was quite an obvious thing that actually they might have really wanted a change, but their gifts, uh, which actually when I spoke to them and communicated with them, it was like, no, we feel really much happier with the twos and three-year-olds, um, which would not be my natural place. And we really like getting messy and all the rest of it. And whereas there was somebody working with the two and three-year-olds that didn't like paint and messiness, and actually they would have been really much better suited and their gifts and talents were not being used. So I think a lot of it is about 
praying and getting to know that person and that takes time and a few coffees and um, and talking to them and discovering what their passion is and again I come back to releasing um, the members of our congregation into their own uh, ministries and seeing them blossom and flourish which is my my big thing I love to see people doing what they have been created to do yes God calls us to new things but I think deep down in everybody there is something they're a storyteller or they're a prayer or there's a gift there within them a God-given gift that actually our role as leaders is to find that and to release them and sometimes that means going into new areas so I'm thinking of the lovely Wendy who got baptized at the age of 78 and then um, came to the church leadership and announced that she was going to uh, go on a uh, theology course in evangelism and theology I think it was theology and evangelism and so off she went up to the Light College um, and did her three-year degree and um, through that she developed a ministry in the local care home um, which we supported her fully in and through that we then just we kind of looked at how we could support her with as a team and we um, came across Vintage Messy Church. So we were already doing Messy Church, which again is a fabulous way of intergenerational ministry, all age groups coming together. Um, but we took it into the local care home. They were absolutely open to us coming in. We used to do the Messy Church on a Friday or a Saturday um, during the day. And then we would go into the uh, care home on a Monday lunchtime so we used to run the same program um, we always used to use the same craft so it wasn't really any extra work on my side of things um, but we would go in and that was a very special time so we were supporting an older member of our congregation in her ministry but actually we then opened it up to lots of other volunteers to come in and we've seen that develop we've uh, we've with many other people up and down the country watched that lovely program about four years ago about the toddlers going into care homes so we decided we'd have a go at that and um, we took our refresh ladies group which is on a Tuesday morning into the care home and we would play some games with those in the care home and we had an absolutely amazing time I will never forget the second time we went in I'd gone in to the care home a little bit early to um, just take over the the um, parachute so the, the games and I, I'll never forget just going into the room and all the residents were there waiting and some of them were saying the children are coming the children are coming and they were so excited and so looking forward to our visit and um, yeah that was something else we kind of ventured into I'm very much let's have a go you know see where this goes the care home was so grateful obviously with Covid things have um, kind of shut down a little bit but I did see that Wendy had gone into Christingle um, time this week first time back in and she is a Anna Chaplin she's part of BRF's ministry to older people and again it's something releasing those um, and she's really good at sharing the vision because I think it's really important that whatever we're doing to share that with others because we know there'll be other people that actually think yeah, I could have a go at that and they might need a bit of hand-holding, a bit of encouragement, um, training, um, but actually it is all about seeing the need in the wider community and also within our churches 
and enabling people to feel that yeah, we are the facilitators. We're not we're leaders, but we are not called to do everything ourselves. So what are we releasing those around? It's not just the old, older people. What are we allowing our young young people to do, our children to do? I know a very personal night. We went to church the other evening. It was snowing. Wasn't really expecting many to be there. And there was about 20 of us there and three young men, uh, old sort of 17, 18, last year of sixth form, sat in the front row and just seeing them worship and having a chat to them, that made our night. Me and my husband were like, yeah, that was great to spend time with these teenagers that we've seen grow up through church. And they were telling stories of what they're going to be up to in the gap years. And yeah, it's just really good. Yeah, no, that's great. And I, so, because obviously we do work in our age groups, and that was when people sort of say that intergenerational means that we just have to do everything together all the time. But actually, it's more like actually, uh, um, it's, it, it goes deeper than that, isn't it? Actually, we do work in age groups sometimes, not all the time. But actually, when there's moments where the those different groups can meet together and work together, that's what makes it really special. And that sort of intentionality of actually who can we draw alongside? What? How can we bring others into this? And that and that's what makes um, yeah that that's there's integrity to that, isn't there? It's not just a tick box thing. It's actually this is part of this is our heart, and so this is what we look for. Um, and I love that. Um, yeah, just you know taking the opportunities to chat to uh, th those young lads and things like that and I think people have got really nervous about just um, talking to anybody <laughs> yeah that's, I think that's a real key thing actually Claire something with all the safeguarding procedure which are vitally vitally important don't hear me wrong but I think particularly a lot of older people are frightened of um, actually interacting with families I see it on a Sunday morning you know a child can be um, just uh, upset and a mother can be there with other children and actually you know, we need to give permission to people within church to say ask ask and do they need help you know don't feel that you have nothing to do we are part of that family and it's about building those relationships but you are quite right I do think we're living in a society because of everything that you know we hear on the news there is that fear of getting involved and um yeah yeah I think of, of one gentleman in particular and we used to always do big summer Sunday summer Sunday summers and um we used to kind of do more an activity-based uh, Sunday during the summer and um he, he obviously loved kids and you could see he wanted to get involved but there was that crippling fear of not wanting to do the wrong thing or say the wrong thing and um through a bit of wire modeling of all things he was really wire modeling and I kind of talked him into coming in and doing some wire modeling and I loved watching you know in him interact with the children and having a little chat and he was still cautious but he was actually willing to have a go and, and get involved I was willing to sit next to him and, and say you know I won't leave you it's okay you know we'll be all right together yeah I love watching that that um relationship yeah we do need to be intentional but I think we need to think out of the box as well because um I'm rubbish at all age services you know I'm the first to admit that I have no confidence in these things and so you kind of need to think about what you can do rather than what you can't do as a person so I'm a firm believer is what has God given you in your hands so um for another example is breakfast buddies on a Friday morning my husband came back from a conference a few years ago which I think was where we met Claire originally and uh and he, he had this thing to go and, and make breakfast every Friday morning cook breakfast in the church 
and it originally kind of we'd come off the back of um, a men's breakfast and so but I was like well why does it need to be a men's breakfast you know could we not make it open to everybody and that was kind of yeah he was kind of okay with that and that has developed lovely into a lovely community of people that um, just rock up on a Friday morning um, dads can bring their kids before they drop them off at church, at church at school so they start at half seven and you know goes right through to have a lovely McCarthy Stone retirement um, place just down the road from the church and a few of the gentlemen from there and it's not organized it's it's not um, there's no set um, spiritual program for that hour but it's a time when actually people gather all men women young old and they can come together and chat and talk about what's going on in their lives and yes people do pray with each other but it's just a really informal gathering it could have been a men's breakfast but which have been great but actually let's just think out the box how can we and, and that takes no effort or nothing extra it's just kind of thinking slightly different maybe to what we've always done and and that's really great because if actually if people are coming with their children to things then mm. it kind of i mean obviously they're still safeguarding there but it isn't the pressure mm. of um mm. because actually the parents are responsible for yeah. their <laughs> well they're always responsible do you know I mean? but in that moment they're there aren't they and so actually it, it lends itself much more to being able to just draw alongside and to chat and to build up those relationships and I, yeah. I remember someone pointing out to me that if um like the children young people and all the all the generations actually know one another and there's those proper relationships there then it makes um gathering together on a Sunday all together if it's an all age or whatever it might be a little bit easier because actually there isn't that sense of compromise because everyone's delighted to see the participation of others and it's not just a oh we'll wait till you know it, it, it there's a genuine like kind of oh it's so exciting to hear you speak or and, and everyone's contribution is really valued because they know one another and I think that's uh yeah that's really really special as well so sometimes we do some of the legwork behind the scenes of those yeah. connecting up those generations it makes some of those times a lot more easier I think in the flow of them absolutely yeah and, and also it's not all about the all age services and um, again what did I have in my hands I was responsible for the children so um about three years ago I made the mad decision after talking to other children's workers down the country um to actually make my children's morning um intergenerational so I couldn't I couldn't didn't have much say in the church as a whole but I did on the children so we kind of threw all our groups of age-related groups in the air, which was hilarious. And we then took the threes to 10-year-olds and we had different groups every Sunday. In each group, there would be a child from up and down that age group. And for me, that kind of was my, my contribution and my um, I could see friendships being formed between the nine ten year olds and the three year olds that would have never happened on a Sunday morning even within children's yeah. ministry. We're talking about the big thing it's actually talking about what have I the responsibility for and yeah that was that was hugely successful um yeah we, I could talk about that for hours but it was great to see those relationships built um again a little example about a month ago I was doing um the Remembrance Sunday uh, children um service and um we were talking about, um, in fact, my the lady that took over from me had written this um, service, so well, just for the children, it wasn't for the whole church, and it was all about crosses, and, we, and she'd put all these different crosses into 
the box and we were looking at the symbol and what it reminded us of and, and Jesus' death. And I was having a great time with the kids and, and we were talking, we meet in a school, so we have no um, stained glass windows or crosses naturally. And, and for me, actually, symbols are, I think, are, are far more important than I ever had kind of realised. And we were touching these crosses and then we went to make some crosses and we had this long table full of three to ten year olds um, and uh, and at that point, one of the four-year-old boys looked at me and he'd made his cross and he went, how do you spell God is alive? So <laughs> I was like, oh, Nam, we've forgotten the best bit of the story because we'd done all about Jesus dying on the cross, but we'd forgotten to talk about the resurrections and the kids all laughed. But I was thinking about it after thinking that's amazing that that four-year-old actually spoke into the whole group. Mm -hmm. Never had that chance if we were all into little groups. And, the, you know, I could see the 10-year-olds going, oh, well done, Liam. We've remembered the best bit of this story that Jesus rose from the dead. And I was laughing because I'd forgotten it as well. And, you know, it was just great. And I thought that is the beauty of intergenerational. But it might not always look, is you know, naught to 18 whatever but it could just be within your small group it could be within the youth group could we extend you know even if you didn't do it every week could we make one week a month in fact that was that was what I originally did I used to have from threes to 18 once once a month we'd meet in the church on a Sunday morning and do something that was even bigger so yeah yeah you just need to be a bit creative something yeah and also within the kind of the children's world and the youth world um in those sort of times, we, we tend to be a little bit more informal than the mains. So actually, people can find, children can find their voice a bit more easily, can't they? I mean, I know there's some that are brave enough to just speak out in front of, you know, crowd, crowds. But most of us, including myself, actually, the smaller group, you can find your voice in a bit more easily. And so, yeah, so, you know, we are saying that the child that spoke and said, how do you spell? And then actually everyone can hear and, and can respond to that. So that's really, really wonderful. I just want to, I'm really interested in your, the wider role that you have now. And, um, and I know you've got obviously colleagues as well. And, and I'd be keen to know what are you noticing? What are the trends that you're noticing around this area of intergenerational ministry? suddenly everybody wants to know because uh, up and down the country's volunteers were struggling for volunteers I think that's the general theme I'm hearing um, is people are reluctant to come back for whatever reason that might be um, so actually uh, multi-generational is kind of what people even if they're not doing it every every week um, I was talking to a church leader last week and they were doing once a month um, intergenerational um, gatherings so yeah definitely something the church is waking up to because um one on zoom a lot of us have all been together um in our morning gatherings and um so it's made us have to think about what what we're saying and how we're saying it and how we can communicate to a wider um, age range and yeah it's something that a lot of people have suddenly become very interested in um I don't know if it's out of choice or not I, I guess kind of, uh, <laughs> I've always kind of go oh I don't know if I do those big meetings but um yeah we've we've been doing lots of training um if you're on the Parents of Faith website you'll find a great training morning all recorded there um which we did last October there's a great book that Rachel Turner our pioneer wrote it's called it takes a church to raise a parent and there's a whole chapter um in the book about multi-generational community how to build that community and it is a building thing it's not something that is naturally 
particularly in large church happens, but it's something you can build. And she talks about how uh, we need to hear the stories of all generations. So it's a testimony time, or you can perhaps invite uh, somebody from your congregation into your children's and youth work to actually tell their story of, you know, became a Christian or how they coped with cancer or how they have dealt with grief in the last couple of years because they have a story to tell but sometimes we actually don't give them that opportunity to tell their story she talks about how we need to have fun together and we need to play together and actually you know have a laugh together because I think again in church sometimes that can get forgotten um, but yeah we we really we're there to support and to look after children and youth workers and part of that is training and equipping um, them to equip their parents because every family is different every everybody does parenting for faith differently and I think we're all very um, lacking in confidence I know as a mum of three I was kind of like I don't think I'm doing a very good job here I'll keep taking them to church because that's where they gain their spiritual knowledge but actually we spend um, I think it's like two to three thousand hours uh, and at a church you know we kind of we can see a child for 52 hours in a year, you know, if we're doing really, really well. And so actually home is where a lot of formation of faith does take place, but it can be done in a really simple, natural way. And that's what I love about it because it's not a thing about extra activities that already busy families are um, find difficult to squeeze something extra in. But it's all about taking the boring everyday moments of life when you're waiting for your other child to come out swimming lessons, when you're in the Aldi queue, we can be talking about answers to prayer and about how God is involved in our lives on a daily basis. Mm. Talk about the things that we're grappling with. So yeah, our intergenerational is wrapped right in the middle of all of that because we believe for a parent to flourish and a child to flourish that they need the whole church wrapped around them, encouraging them, cheering them on. And that starts with a hello, doesn't it? Just hi, who are you? How are you doing? And um, and from there, the relationship builds. And yeah, we, we, we can get involved in each other's lives, which is great. Cool. Well, Kate, that is a fantastic kind of note to end on because time has slipped away with us. So thanks so much for sharing your experiences and the wisdom that you have. And uh, I've really valued um, learning loads from you. So I've really appreciated that. So thanks so much for talking with us. And uh, yeah, look forward to catching up again soon. Thanks, Claire. God bless. I love the fact that um, Kate is... Uh, a practitioner she's like kind of living the stuff doing the stuff but she's uh also now in this brilliant role where she gets to encourage others to involve get involved in intergenerational uh, ministry and I hope that she has inspired you to think through um yeah what that might mean for you in your context so I, I wonder what stood out for you and I wonder what your next step might be and I wonder who you might to get to join in with this conversation until next time keep joining those dots